That was uh, a rendition of Love TKO given to us by Betty Midler. I don't know if this uh, rendition does it for you. Um, You know, every time I listen to this song, I remember the original that was done by Teddy Pendergrass, uh, Love TKO. And it was released in his album of 1980. But since then, a lot of people have done it. Uh, Betty Midler, like we've heard, uh, Seal in uh, 2011 released one. Regina Bell in 2005 released... um, you know, a rendition of the song. So it seems like one of those songs that a lot of artists love to do covers of. But hey, for me, TP still does it. And um, go back to that album, um, that album titled Here's to You that was released in 1980 and listen to the original ooh, smooth voice. This is Late Night Conversation and it's time for us to shut the door and open the closet. Everyone under the age of 18 should please go to bed, vacate the space and allow us adults to have a bit of some play time. A-teamers, it's time for closet conversations. Remember that you can interact anonymously as well uh, via our SMS line on 41391. SMSs are charged at 150. Our WhatsApp is unfortunately still not working but you can SMS. You can also call on 891 I'd like to welcome our handsome, sexy, and sultry Dr. Tabani Nkwanyana, who's going to be joining us as we talk about love versus attraction. If there are any social or any um, medical reasons why we attracted to each other, Dr. Tabani Nkwanyana is an independent medical practitioner with interests in human rights, ethics, and social sciences. Handsome Doc. How are you? Uh, good evening to the sexy and uh, attractive Patricia. I'm going to get you this time. Ah, thank you for the compliments. <laughs> After the song that we opened up with, really, I needed that. Uh, so I hope the A-teamers are listening. Nah, please repeat that again. And he goes silent. Uh, Dr. Nguyen, repeat that. that hey, I, I, yes. Sorry, I got cut there. Uh, Can you, good evening to you and your listeners, Patricia. Uh, and I thought you were still going to give me the compliment. Now I'm worried. <laughs> Was it seasonal? <laughs> oh, enough playtime now. Let yeah. us talk about love and attraction. I think this is one of those topics that, you know, you think it's that easy. You think it's boy meets girl. But once you reach a certain age, I mean, once you are in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, it's no longer that easy, boy meets girl, right? Because there's a lot of intricacies around love and attraction. Now, I'd like you to tell us beyond just nature, why do we fall in love with a particular person and not fall in love with another person? Well, uh, it's quite interesting uh, if you look at those uh, dynamics, uh, because obviously if you look at the spectrum of people, uh, we've got a wide variety of needs and a wide variety of uh, what we desire. So, uh, and obviously what we find is that uh, uh, the reasons for men and reasons for women also tend to differ slightly. And uh, the other important part that you've mentioned is uh, the stage where you're at in your life and as to uh, what are your now life desires. But uh, uh, there is a natural part, which perhaps uh, maybe will put aside. But again, there's this uh, 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 certain similarities 
that draw you to certain people, uh, either for your own uh, self, in terms of your own self-fulfillment, and what could make you feel good yourself, or also maybe because you have certain shared interests that perhaps you both want to grow. So there's a lot uh, that can be looked at in terms of uh, how similar people are and how different people are and how actually they all put all, all these things together. And sometimes they're with an aim of maybe building a long-lasting relationship, uh, but sometimes just so that they can have sex, uh, to, to put it frankly. So there's a lot of uh, things that we'll do and uh, fall in love, perhaps with a certain aims to either build this long-lasting relationship or just to have an intimate uh, relationship or just to have sex. Mm. So now, what what causes that first initial attraction? I mean, you can imagine when you uh, paint any scenario, you are in a public gathering with uh, friends and all of a sudden Mr. X walks in and Mr. X stares at Miss Y and Miss Y stares at Mr. X. What causes that? And there's a lot of people there who are all equally attractive. Yeah, so you could imagine uh, walking in a room of, uh, full of people and uh, you suddenly are drawn to either certain half of the room or uh, to the other half. Uh, again, uh, it can be based on your previous experiences, uh, your fears, your anxieties, your similarities, and all that to say how do you get drawn to certain other people. But there's this other aspect as well, where you are actually drawn in by your own sexual desires and also by your hormones and uh, or a certain uh, intense feeling that you might have towards a certain person to say uh, they literally just stop you out of your dead tracks and that uh, they you just trip in front of them. For whatever reason, whether it's a deep psychological need that you might have uh, or a certain lack or some part of your life that is not fulfilled, that you just see this person and you think, this is what I've been looking for for the rest of my life. So there's a lot of uh, things that can actually draw you to a certain person. And again, we will talk about uh, as to what are, are some of the gaps that we might have in our own lives that we all, we all want to fill uh, and that uh, then we look for people that can perhaps fill those gaps that we might have in our lives, either the gaps we sustained growing up as children or the gaps we sustained in the previous relationships and all that. So we all have certain needs that we, when we come across certain people, we just look at that person and think that this person could perhaps fill that need that I might have in my life. So it's 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 more of a psychological issue, but also if you are also basing hormones, so it's a biological issue. So we, yeah. we, when we look at someone, there's already a picture painted, and if that person ticks all the boxes in that first couple of seconds of meeting, then boom, Bob's your uncle, Miss Y and Mr. X will meet, and fire will start uh, igniting. Yes. So again, depending on the certain stages of life where you are, if you are a younger people, you almost have just raging hormones that you perhaps haven't learned how to control them that just take over. Whereas maybe when you are older, you almost have a bit of a control of uh, those hormones 
and you almost maybe identify as to uh, why you want to be in a certain relationship with a certain person. Perhaps there you're looking at uh, maybe uh, you have a fear of growing old alone, for instance, or you you are maybe bored or you are lonely and maybe you need companion. Whereas a younger person may not necessarily be lonely, but maybe they just uh, are attracted to you in a different way. And uh, there will be uh, this middle as well where maybe they are uh, target, the main target is to start a family, which means if I'm a man, I'm attracted to a certain female, I will look at uh, a certain characteristics such as ability to bear and rear children and to become a parent as opposed to somebody who's older and, and somebody who's younger where the interest or the desire might be different, completely different. We are talking love versus attraction and sex. And we've got uh, Dr. Taban Nkwanyana on uh, the line and he's giving us some ones and twos as to how we should be um, looking forward or how we can understand this whole attraction, love and sex. You can get us on SMS 41391. I'd like to know what attracted you to your partner or if you're single, what are the things that you as an A-teamer look for? when you are seeking a partner. Mm? Whether it's a sex partner or it's a lifetime long partner. So send me that SMS on 41391 or call on 0891-104207. Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Late Night Conversations on 104 to 107. My name is Patricia Ntuli. We are the A-Team and I'd like to remind you that this a part of our program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18. So make sure that we are protecting our young ones because we are talking about love versus attraction and sex. So I asked a question, what attracted you to your partner A-Teamer? I'd like to know. And if you're single, what is it that you you get attracted to when you meet someone? What are the things that you look out for? And that's what we are talking about. So SMS me on 41391 or call me on 0891104207. Alternatively, 0117144045. We've got Dr. Tabani Nkwanyana, who's a very handsome, I must say. Uh, and, and he says, I'm, I'm, you, you said I'm sexy? What did you say? Have I lost Beautiful, you? Beautiful, sexy, ah, and attractive. Ah, beautiful, sexy, and attractive. Now, Dr. Nguyana <laughs> knows me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but each to their own, eh? Each to their own. Not everyone will find me as 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 you have uh, described me. Dr. Nguyen, now, yeah. we've spoken about the physical attraction, right? Like you just see and it's, it's mental, it's physical. But what causes us to be sexually attracted to a, a person? I mean, you can find two very handsome men standing next to each other, uh, similar built, and you find a lady choosing one over the other. The same can be said for for women, that you'd find two beautiful women built similarly the same, but the man will be attracted sexually to one woman over the other. What causes that? Okay, uh, so again, if you look at uh, the law of uh, sexual attraction, uh, there's what we call uh, people that uh, choose to date, uh, a, a certain maybe the, you you either have a low end of a sexual attraction uh, spectrum, you've got the middle, and then you've got a higher end of the sexual attraction spectrum. So, 
in that aspect, you find that uh, there's people that on the high end you that uh, are instantly attractive to you and you've got an intense feeling for them. And then on the lower end of the spectrum, you get people where uh, they are maybe not as uh, intensely attracted, attractive to you, but they are safe people. So they are safe people and they are unsafe people. So in terms of who do you fall in love with there, then gets influenced by either your past experiences and maybe either by yourself or maybe your family and your upbringing, which means there's certain characteristics that uh, you might want to avoid because they can maybe bring you hurt if you you feel unsafe, and there's certain characteristics that you might be drawn to because they make you to be comfortable and safe. And obviously, as as that is a spectrum, there's then a lot in between uh, where is gray area where we may not actually know, uh, which is why often we date and court for a certain period of time and we learn each other and then you start falling in, in love with each other after you've learned each other. So there's a, a wide spectrum of, uh, of why and uh, again a large spectrum as to, to the who uh, you are drawn to and also who you tend to repel. And again, based on all those experiences I've talked about. So like you say, you could be uh, uh, be what is uh, described by society as the sexiest, uh, the most, uh, or handsome and all that, but a certain female might avoid you completely because of whatever fears that they might have. Or either there are issues with their self-confidence or whatever that might be their, their factors. And there are others that might be attracted to the opposite, to somebody that perhaps is found to be completely unsexy or unattractive. And uh, somebody might find those people attractive because for them that's a safe option if their desire is the safety in a relationship, safety and comfort. But there are people who maybe don't care about so much about the safety and comfort and maybe they will, what you call, play a dangerous game and and then enjoy love to the fullest, whereas other people think about uh, uh, becoming comfortable in that relationship for whatever reason that they, they might have as an underlying uh, factor in there. Hmm. This seems to be very intricate, honestly, very, very intricate, because you've mentioned the fact that our bringing our family, our circumstances, past and present, uh, play a role as to what we get attracted to. And it's very sad that you say sometimes we are attracted to safety. It's not the person, but the fact that the person is a safe ground to play on. Um, does yeah. that not then show perhaps that maybe there are some unresolved issues that we as individuals have to deal with before we can actually get into a relationship, whether sexual or intimate? Yeah, so the unfortunate part is that uh, that becomes a a fact as well and it becomes true. Uh, For instance, there are people who uh, lose their parents at a young age. Maybe you lose a mother, you lose a father, and then you never find a father figure or a mother figure in your life which means when you get older and you are falling in love or get into a relationship, you actually are replacing that or you want to find what you never had growing up, which means you could actually fall in love with a person that resembles your father or that resembles your mother in terms of their characteristics. 
because maybe that's a gap that uh, is missing into your life. And again, in other circumstances, you could have uh, people that uh, resemble a, the hurt that you've had in the past. That you, you as moment as you, at the moment you see them, and you find that you're intensely attracted to them because uh, they actually resemble your past. But perhaps you can either avoid them because you you know how bad, bad your past was, or you can be drawn towards them because maybe they resemble a good past that you've had. So it becomes quite intricate in that uh, it depends on a lot of factors, but I, will, I can tell you that most of us have got certain needs and certain gaps in our lives because, I mean, otherwise you then look as to why do you need another person into your life. There's, every other person is there in your life for certain purposes. So, for instance, you could be growing up in a family where maybe uh, there were not many kids and maybe you felt like a... Uh, uh, you were lonely as a child, and maybe in your la- next life, you're targeting to have lots of kids, which means that in a relationship, you want somebody who maybe has that ability to bear and nurture, and who's a mother figure that can have lots and lots of kids, as opposed to somebody who might uh, grow up where there's lots of kids, and they might want somebody, uh, say, maybe a, a girl that is uh, not interested in having children, and maybe who want to be, say, just for argument's sake, a model and want to keep it that way, then you could be attracted to that person because you know that they're not interested in having children and you know that you're not going to fall into the same trap of having many kids. So there's always going to be some reason within you as to why in the first place, in the first place you need somebody else. But again, that's why that's a, a, a love and companion. But there's also just this sexual attra- attraction. Let's get to that. Short term. Yeah, yeah, let's get to that. Yeah. So the sexual attraction also, it could just be short term in that uh, uh, you could be driven by just hormones. Or you could just look at somebody and start imagining them in terms of how you think they will be sexually and perhaps... Uh, uh, whatever also your fantasies that you might have and you might think this person might be the person that can actually fulfill my certain fantasies that I have wait, wait, wait. socially influenced or otherwise yeah. wait, wait doctor I want to ask something here If does yeah. that mean we walk around in the streets with this x-ray when we look at people and we're like mm, ah, you could do it right because that sounds a bit perverted if that's what we are doing as adult human beings who are practitioners yeah so uh, again uh, uh, there's a physical appearance that uh, resembles uh, certain things for instance when you look at somebody you can almost tell how is their health their physique their masculinity their femininity their activity level, you know, their energy level, and everything. So you could almost tell, although you cannot, may not always be accurate, obviously, because uh, what you see may not always be what uh, turns out to be in the bedroom, but uh, there's these things, the certain characteristics that each person exuberates just walking down the, the mall, just walking down the streets anywhere to say, then you could a person could have certain fantasies to say, this is what I'm imagining this person to be 
and maybe this is just what I've been looking for all my life. Mm. Okay. Now, w- when it comes to males and females, we know that we are very different. Um, are, are there are they differences that you can iron out when it comes to sexual attraction that perhaps males have that women might not have and vice versa? Yeah. So, again, it, it, it is uh, not as straightforward, but uh, the big part of it is usually also influenced by the social circumstances the cultural beliefs and the religious beliefs. For instance, if you are in a society where a man is expected to provide, uh, and maybe, you know, let's say you're in a society where men are expected to be working and providing for their families, and women maybe sit at home and uh, rare or bear children, which means then in a, in, a, in a man, you're going to look for somebody who can be a provider. Uh, as opposed to certain societies where perhaps you've got independent women where everybody's working and maybe they are at the same level of uh, in terms of the, their careers and all that. And then in that case, maybe looking at uh, their health and their longevity rather than looking at whether they can provide for you. Whereas in a, in a, a males to females, they're also looking at perhaps... Uh, just an, a, a woman's natural function in terms of maybe, say, reproduction to say, is this a person that I, I look at and think they can become a good mother or they can rear and bear children? Or uh, it even comes down to even just what is the shape of their pelvis, for instance? What is the shape of their breast? What is the shape of their face? face? And what, uh, again, is described uh, in uh, certain societies as what is a, 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 a an acceptable or a desirable woman, which can dif- differ from one society to another. And then each man or each woman in that society will have a certain characteristics that have been designed or this uh, kind of uh, uh, agreed upon by the society to say, this is what a mother figure looks like. This is what, in our circumstances now, we, we have what you call the slave queens. So there will be people that say uh, they associate what you call slave queens as not being good mothers, for instance, or maybe a certain other characteristic as being good mothers if it's somebody that looks for a, a mother, whereas somebody who perhaps uh, looks for somebody that maybe they're going to have fun with in terms of going out, uh, having parties, having that trophy kind of a girlfriend or a wife, then they will look elsewhere and not what is, is characterized as a, as a mother. So it is different strokes for different folks. But again, what men and women look for depends on what stages they are in their life and what will be their purpose at that time. And that purpose changes when you are younger in your teens, your early 20s, your 30s, your 40s and 50s and 60s and wherever. And in terms of up to a certain age where maybe what you believed in in the beginning when you were growing up changes over time. Again, depending on whether you had found a partner already or you are still looking for a partner. Late Night Conversations. Late Night Conversations. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight.
Closet Conversations, and we are speaking with a Dr. Nguanyane, Tabani Nguanyane, who's uh, talking to us about love versus attraction and uh, sex. So I'd like to know, how did you meet your partner? What attracted you to your partner, uh, A-Tima? And um, well, some of you A-Timas have just, you know, friends with benefits. So those sexual attractions, what makes you choose that particular person? I'd really love to know. You can SMS on 41391 or you can call on 891 you know, when, when uh, people find themselves attracted physically to each other and they just want to bang each other's brains out and have sex, d- does this mean that they are always in love? Does love always equate sexual attraction? Okay. Uh, so, again, uh, it, uh, there's a very thin line in there. Uh, because uh, falling in love is uh, almost a process, uh, whereas uh, sexual attraction, uh, as much as it may not be such an instant thing, but it almost is in that uh, it's just something that happens, whereas falling in love then uh, uh, kind of follows this initial sexual attraction, then with time a person falls in love. So if you look at this process, it can happen that uh, there's a sexual attraction and people discuss to say this is where we want to end it, for whatever reason. Because remember, the other thing that determines falling in love is also availability. So a person might not be available to fall in love with you, but they might be available to be having sex with you or to have sexual attraction with you so sexual attraction might develop into falling into in, in love but uh, i mean we uh, looking at uh, two consenting adults here who might come and sit together and decide to say actually uh, this is what we want from each other maybe i find you extremely att- attractive but uh, for some reason maybe i don't think that we should fall in love or maybe for both of them they have an understanding because for some people, uh, uh, for somebody, for instance, that just maybe requires as a sexual desire, they might just look for somebody that can satisfy them sexually. But maybe falling in love, it might be something different in that you might not be the person they want to fall in love with, but uh, anytime they have certain sexual desires that are not met, they might want to come to you. At the same time, that's why in, in, even in marriages, you find that uh, a person may be happy with their husband or their wife in terms of uh, being a good mother, being a good uh, love type partner and all that, but there might be needs that uh, might be satisfied elsewhere, which again brings in the issue of infidelity, infidelity which we can also talk about uh, at some other point as to why do people even end up having this uh, infidelity relationship. Now, I want you to go back on this availability uh, notion. What does this mean? Does this mean, um, look, I'm attracted to you, wham, bam, and, uh, you know, I'm not available because of personal issues? What is this availability when you are already attracted to a person? Yeah, so people have got commitments, Mm. uh, so, I mean, when I, I, I can come into your life or find you, 
uh, when you are committed to anything else. It could be school, it could be career, it could be anything, it could be a relationship or whatever that you might be committed to. Uh, maybe it was a Friday night and uh, you wanted to go out and bang, you meet somebody you're sexually attracted to, but you're not willing to change your life. Or maybe you are busy studying your PhD and you don't want any interruptions in terms of falling in love and becoming or picking a relationship. Or you might not believe in falling in love or you might not believe in marriage, you might not believe in having a long-term relationship, but you could be sexually attracted to them. So, uh, again, it's complex, but it's just availability to say, uh, I may not be available today. It doesn't mean that I may not be available tomorrow or maybe next month and all that, but it becomes a timing issue where I might find you sexually attracted to, to me or attractive, but I may not be available. That's why some people, after years, they start looking for each other when they start becoming available because maybe the time where they met you, or not available, that they, but they know something registered in their brain here five, ten years ago that the person that I met that I thought I was sexually attracted to but I was not available, and now I'm available. And people start reestablishing their contact because now they're becoming available for whatever reason, whether they've completed their studies or whatever that might have been made them to, to be unavailable at the time. Very interesting. And so it doesn't mean that when you are sexually attracted to someone, you need to be in love with them. Let's talk about this falling in love process, especially for us oldies. How does it work? I mean, you say it's a process. What is this process? How do you get to these steps? And if you are sexually attracted to someone, can we still have sex and uh, figure out this process later? Well, uh there's obviously some a lot of mystery surrounding it, uh, and uh, as to uh, about you. Uh, sometimes you really never know what the other person thinks or feel or wondering about you, and all that. So, but I think the the key thing there is this is the arousal, arousal you know, uh, becoming aroused by uh, whatever that. Uh, uh, is your characteristics that attract you to a person. So, and sometimes you also get uh, certain spe- specific cues that you, 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 when you spend time, you could be in a room with uh, 10 people, but you can pick up cues from just one person to say, I think that person is also or in love with me or attracted to me, either through the way they talk to you, they look into you, or maybe at the boardrooms at tea break, they spend time with you. Then you can pick up cues from that. But again, even yourself, and again, it's the two-way street, you could almost pick up the readiness from the other person to say, I think this person seems ready or seems available for me. And maybe you look into your life to say, sometimes maybe you are in some committed relationship, but maybe you are willing to flee from it, because uh, unfortunately some people stay in certain relationships as a placeholder, so to speak, to say, you're my placeholder until I find somebody that I think I'm intensely attracted to. Ouch, that's painful. Yeah, at any time they are ready to flee as soon as that person becomes available, which is again a sad part, but it happens around all the time. 
My goodness. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, I always hear the saying that it's difficult in uh, the love department and uh, it being difficult, it's it's one of those things that people um, struggle with. Um, now, now, you know, what are some of the, the anxieties around falling in love since we are talking about the process? What, what are the anxieties that people come with? And can these anxieties uh, manifest into physical um, issues? Yeah. So, again, uh, all of us as adults, we've got uh, our past experiences. Uh, maybe we were hurt, we were uh, sexually abused, or maybe treated badly in a previous relationship and by certain people with the certain characteristics. So... And uh, the other part, because again, as I, I talked earlier about uh, falling in love with somebody unconsciously, uh, filling a gap that was missing into your life. So sometimes you find that you just keep falling for the same people again and again and again, and you don't know why. Or uh, you find that now that becomes your source of anxiety to say, you've got these kind of people that you keep falling in love with, and the same thing happens again and again and again. So you start now to become skeptical each time you meet a person of those kind of character or characteristics. And then you start to hold back. Uh, and again, holding back because previously perhaps you gave yourself too early and you got hurt or got banned along the process. So you start holding back. So, and then again, maybe the other person either becomes impatient with you and again, you sometimes if you're not strong enough into what you're holding back to, then you start giving yourself again and it happens again that they start having sex with you uh, because maybe the timing was either too soon or too late and then they flee afterwards. Because even the timing as to when to have first time sex with a, a, a new person in your life is almost another chemistry that uh, people need to blend very well because Sometimes having it too early, it might make people to be skeptical about certain things because it might raise a certain fears and anxieties in their life uh, in that they think, okay, maybe here I'm not safe or it's not a safe relationship. And maybe they get even skeptical as to whether or this is a person they might be in a long-term relationship with to start with. So it becomes a lot of intricacies in there as to uh, what other preconceived ideas we come in with in the two relationships. But I do think that uh, our previous experiences sometimes make us to either hold back, even where actually maybe the other person has pure intentions, sometimes you hold back and end up hurting maybe the new people that love us dearly because of our own previous anxieties and previous uh, uh, experiences that we've had. Sure, Dr. Nguanyana, you know, you're speaking about the first time of having sex. And I think it's, it's, it's one of those things, uh, the, the older people get, I think, you know, when we have it for the first time, shit, it doesn't really matter for mis- most people. I mean, you'll talk as girls or you'll hear guys talking like, nah, we did it first time. It's, it's, I think it's the younger folk that get worried about it. But, I hear your valid point on saying someone who might be looking for a steady long-term relationship, if you just drop it um, like it's hot on the first date, then that creates anxieties. Yeah. 
Yeah. So again, you, it's almost difficult to say you can put up put a time frame. Uh, so, uh, but uh, uh, for somebody having a, a sex too early, it might be like a, you know that miracle grow uh, uh, like a fear of that intimate intimate relationship to say now they start to be scared and uh, or also it can be sometimes be so good that they actually want to cling and grab which can scare the other partner so it can go uh, both ways because uh, uh, that's why then for most people they recommend courting and dating because when you court and date for some time then you start to focus on other things in terms of what else do I like about this person other than just the sexual attraction? Because if you, uh, like I said, the first thing is sexual attraction. So if you are sexually attracted to each other and then you have sex together, then the other person that clings at that scares you because now you're thinking, oh, okay, did I just find myself a freak or a control freak? Or the other person thinks that maybe you gave it too early. And at that time, you perhaps haven't identified that this person has a good heart or that this person is a, you know, has got a certain other good characteristics that you would have learned maybe over dinner, over going out together for some time. And then you at least will have to say there's sex and there's other parts about this person that I've already learned. So it's always that uh, great timing there to say, how do you make sure that it's not just sexual attraction and sex, because that doesn't become sustainable. But again, it depends on your intention as to whether did you want to have as a long, sustainable relationship, because then that timing becomes uh, crucial as well. But for some people, it will work. For some people, it really doesn't matter. But uh, there is uh, uh, some studies that show that uh, giving it too early can have problems and also holding on for towards it to add for, for too long can also have problems, because by that time, Maybe a person may have lost interest already or maybe already finding you not to be as sexually attractive as they would have seen you in the beginning. So that timing becomes very crucial and nobody really knows this too, what is the best way. But uh, we always advise to say maybe just don't go with just sexual desires, but try and identify other things so that at least you've got more than one thing to hold on to, should Mm. one thing at least fail. Now, you know, we've heard that a lot of long-term relationships, they start out with uh, all the right chemistry and everything is uh, beautiful. However, as time goes on, the sexual attraction fizzles out. What causes that? Okay, so uh, the the opposite is also true in that uh, the sexual attraction can also grow. So uh, when you go back to our initial uh, talk as to looking at physical characteristics, uh, how you dress, uh, how you do your hair, how you do your, your face, your makeup, how you smell, uh, you know, the, 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 the cologne you use, perfume, and uh, how you take care of yourself. For some people, and also maybe uh, how we talk and how we relate. For some people, once we're in a relationship, they lose that or maybe they put on or uh, maybe they kind of uh, uh, lose a grip of those things that were the same things, the certain things that attracted you to that person, and then it starts fizzling out. So, which means, again, it becomes an issue of how do you sustain the same characteristics that attracted the person towards you uh, to keep it going. 
for as long as possible time uh, because things fade. And uh, for instance, if you looked good just because you were looking for a boyfriend, and the moment you find a boyfriend, you think now it's time to stop, then it almost falls, becomes natural to say maybe they wanted somebody who looked like you when they met you, and now you've changed. So again, that's a, that's a bit of a, a, a surface of it, but there could be a lot of other deep things as to how do you now relate to each other, the respect, is it still there? You now start to have fights. Are the true character colors or characteristics coming out? Are you now maybe realizing that you actually maybe don't even belong together? Because sometimes you could just be sexually attracted to each other, but when you start to engage at an intellectual level, you might just discover that you actually have different goals, different targets in life, and you're perhaps not heading towards the same direction. Mm. And uh, that's when uh, the relationship fizzles out. And what about the sexual uh, side of things? Can you find that a partner that is sexually attracted to another partner and they both agree, this is what we're doing, we're going to be banging each other's brains out, but uh, at some point you actually also lose that sort of attraction? Yeah, it also uh, goes the same way. Uh, Again, uh, unfortunately, there's a certain part about... uh, uh, being in a relationship that makes you to kind of relax because now it's like a, they say a max need no longer satisfies and that so you you initially had uh, a, a desire for a chocolate uh, and now you've eaten the chocolate and now you no longer care that you have it or not have it because you've already had it and sometimes you then have to almost miss it again for a considerable amount of time for you to remember to say, you know, I actually love chocolate. So it's also a question of abundance to say, if now the chocolate is around here, around you all the time, do you still always have the desire to want to eat it or you just enjoy having it around you? So it becomes, uh, uh, that's why then there's uh, relationship counselors to uh, try and teach you as to uh, how do you keep that fire burning because the, the fire, the candle goes off, mm. or sometimes it just gets neglected when it's, already, it's, it's around and it's there. And now people have got certainty to say, well, now I'm no longer lonely. I'm no longer in need. I've got what I wanted. Uh, and uh, I'm not threatened that this prep's going to go away. And then they start to relax. Uh, but again, that's why I'm saying that sometimes you also have to keep people at their toes. They must always think that uh, to have this, they must still always fight for it. And it keeps that fire burning. It keeps that desire going to say, here, I'm actually living on borrowed time. Everything all the time becomes an emergency to say, I always have to love this person for me to get this. And uh, then it just keeps that uh, momentum going. So it is uh, tricky, but it's things like those where people start to relax that actually make them to start to have problems. And then people just start to have uh, silly fights and other things, and their sexual attraction dies completely because now they are no longer seeing each other just as sexually attracted to each other's species. But now maybe now they start to see each other as a brother and a sister, and they've been living together too long. They now don't feel the need to be uh, sexy around each other. You know, then you just the face off. So it's quite complex.
Now, you mentioned that keeping each other on, uh, on your toes to keep the sexual attraction alive. It sounds like a bit of a chess game, right, to make sure that the, the embers of love are still burning. It sounds like a real chess game. Can, can, can you tell me how do you do that without being spiteful to your partner, without being tricky to your partner? Yeah, well, uh, I guess, uh, okay, so uh, I think the, the men and women need to understand each other. Uh, the biological parts, for instance, uh, is women go through cycles. Uh, there's a, there's a ovulation, there's a menstruation, there's a menopause, and there's, you know, all those things. Uh, and then again, uh, how the sexual uh, selecting a partner also depends on all lot of those things because, for instance, uh, uh, say I'm a young man, and again, we're not uh, talking here on uh, in terms of uh, uh, right and wrong, but say I'm a young man and I'm, a, I'm, I'm attracted to an, an elderly woman who is postmenopausal. So I need to understand that... Uh, that person's hormones may not be as raging as my hormones. And same as also an older man uh, who might have some medical problems and whatsoever, being in love or attracted to a younger woman who perhaps still has sexually or raging hormones and all that. So I will say that these people need to understand each other and uh, in, it starts with the selection when they select each other to say, how do we make sure that what uh, uh, the stages we are in life are coordinated in a way that I know when you're ovulating, I know when you're menstruating, I know when is your bad time, I know when is your good time, and how do you coordinate that? Because people, uh, for instance, if uh, if uh, if I know your 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 times and uh, I know that maybe it's menstruation time. Maybe you're not, I'm not. I'm gonna avoid fighting with you because I know that your mood is not right. But other people maybe they don't learn that, and then they fight. And when uh, uh, maybe the the partner is is uh, having that uh, ovulatory cycle, and then men also maybe tend to be jealous because a woman feels beautiful, and maybe they look uh, they've got an, a good outlook and they are looking sexier, and then you start getting jealous now when they go to work. You're thinking they're going to be sexually attracted to other people. So it's a whole uh, lot of uh, things that are in there. But again, uh, relationship counselors, they tell you about those things as to how do you make sure that the sexual attraction remains, the love remains and stays uh, on, and how do you keep reviving it? It's like, uh, they say it's like climbing a hill. Uh, You don't reach the top, you must before you reach the top, which is going to flatten and plateaus at the top, you try and create another hill again, create another hill again. So you almost have to know that, okay, now the fire is uh, starting to slow down. I need to put more wood in it and never let it die out because it's restarting the fire then becomes uh, another whole process. Wow. It is not easy to be in a love relationship or even a sexual relationship. Clearly, there's a lot of science and uh, 
psychology and biological uh, issues that uh, take play. But in order for these relationships to be sustainable and to be beautiful, there's a lot of work that is put into it. Dr. Tabane uh, how how do people perhaps, if you're open to it, um, get in touch with you to ask some of these questions because your people have been crying. I mean, we've seen some celebrities crying on social media because of uh, heartbreak in relationships. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Can I, we get I, you we on socials? Give, yes, we'll give we'll give uh, the details uh, uh, next week. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll give the details next week. Excellent. I, I'm sure you've got a busy schedule because you are a practicing uh, medical practitioner. So you want to give us something that you can manage, right? Yes, definitely. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so very much for this evening. It's been such an informative chat. And I think uh, a lot of introspection will be done um, from all the A-teamers and including myself as to what is it that will hold me back or make me attracted to someone and how do we go through all these processes and how do we navigate Navigate once we are in these love relationships. Really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, and have a good morning. Yeah, have a good morning too. A-teamers, it is uh, midnight, in fact, a minute past midnight, and we've been speaking about love versus attraction and sex, and it was quite technical. I think I did a lot of introspection. Let's uh, catch up again at 10 o'clock and uh, see what we're going to have in our bags of tricks. And you know that after 11 o'clock news, we are going to have closet conversations again. Uh, So make sure you are tuned in. From the A-team on this side, and I'm sure from your side as well, may goodness and grace lead us all to the great heights of success.